Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. What is going on, everybody? Good Tuesday afternoon. Welcome in to the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. Rick Uccino, SP3, with you guys as always. And it's no different again. Another week, a lot to dissect in the world of professional wrestling, including the, not even sudden, I don't think so, but it's, it's, ve- it's been very steady. The steady ascension of Rhea Ripley. And look, I, I wanted to carve some time out today to talk about her because one, I thought she was fantastic last night on Raw SP3. And two, just watching what they have done with her over the last several weeks, I'm seriously starting to wonder how much longer is it going to be before mommy really is on top of all of WWE, period, end of story. Um, so I want to dive into that. CM Punk may have put impact, excuse me, scratch that, TNA uh, in the friend zone. We'll dive into that. Latest reporting from uh, House of Wrestling and your boy Will Ospreay, SP3, going to be big decisions to make coming up in January. I am dying to get your thoughts on his pending free agency, which is happening early in 2024. AEW is possibly adding an eighth pay-per-view before the end of the year. What that means for final battle in December for Ring of Honor, we'll let you know. And is WWE going to have war games or not? We got conflicting reports. Is it going to happen or is it back to being the battle for brand supremacy? So much to dive into, SB3. How you doing today? I am doing well. Yes, there's a lot always to discuss in professional wrestling. That's 2023 for you, which is similar to 2022. So, yeah, this is this is the world we are in in professional wrestling. So a lot to discuss about Monday Night Raw last night, AEW, TNA, 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 TNA. TNA. That's all I care about. The greatest three letters in the business is back. Who's ready for six sides of steel? Who's ready <laughs> for it? Who's ready for the reverse battle royal? Come on, baby. Oh, goodness. Yes, we will dive into all of that. First things first. Got to thank our friends over at Bet Online. We would not be here without them. Uh, the last of the major sports leagues is kicking off things this week. Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. SP3, I know you're fired up. You're going to be on Bet Online every day putting the house money on the Lakers. Uh, are they supposed to be good this year? Are the Lakers supposed to be good this year? We're always good um, <laughs> because we're the Los Angeles Lakers. But, yes, we are going to be top three in the West, and we're going to the NBA Finals, ladies and gentlemen, because they canceled winning time. With MLB postseason and full swing, almost under the World Series, you had the uh, if you bet on the Texas Rangers last night, always bet against Dusty Baker. If you bet on the Texas Rangers last night, you made some money. NFL, college football, NHL in full swing. Bet online is your number one source for all your wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips. And from your desktop, your mobile device, everything. It's all there. NBA, NHL, NFL, college football. We ran it all down. They got wrestling odds up there as well. Head to betonline.ag today or use your mobile device and sign up. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that is B-L-E-A-V, and you get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where 
the game starts. Hopefully you didn't have a parlay last night like I did that required Brock Purdy to throw two touchdowns. <sighs> last time I bet on him. <laughs> I could have won $125 last night. Not a wise bet there, not putting it down on there, and not not a wise bet by Ozzy if he thinks the Clippers are going to be top two. Tell me when their top two players stay on the court for 60 games, let alone 82. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Dollar value Lakers. The Clippers are little brothers. Freaking should be in the G League. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, we do appreciate everybody who is in the chat. Steven and Ozzy and Sam and Frantic World. What is going on, guys? Appreciate you guys joining in as always. Feel free to throw some questions our way or continue to talk amongst yourselves. Uh, yes, go Bengals and Lions this week. I, I really wish the Lions would have won last week, but it is what it is. Go Bengals as always. Yes, uh, I got a good feeling against San Francisco this Sunday. They're not playing too well right now. Of course, that means Brock Purdy will throw for 450 yards and five touchdowns because I ain't going to have money on him this week. Son of a bitch. Anyway, uh, we appreciate everybody who is joining. As always, do us a favor. Give us this video this thumbs up. Uh, really helps drive up our audience. And also, make sure to hit that subscribe button. And if you are subscribed, if you are a subscriber to Believe in Pro Wrestling, you got a shot to win two tickets to AEW Full Gear Saturday, November 18th at the Kia Forum. You only got to do two things. One, you have to be a subscriber to the channel. And two, you have to repost my pinned post on the X, formerly known as Twitter. You retweet that, repost it, whatever the hell the verbiage is these days. You subscribe to this channel. You're registered. <laughs> this is the last week. You got until Halloween, All Hallows' Eve. And then on November 1st, we will be drafting or selecting at random our winners. So make sure to retweet the post because that's the pool of people that I'm going to choose. I will choose from that pool. I will verify that they're subscribed. And then, boom, you get two tickets and you're going to. We're giving away two pairs. So make sure you guys get subscribed and get registered. You got one week left to do it. All right, SP3. I'm watching Monday Night Raw last night. It's It was actually the first show in a in a in about a week that i had actually gotten a chance to watch live in its entirety i'm still not completely caught up on smackdown or collision it's been a busy week for me it was my daughter's birthday weekend she turned five so i had a lot going on this weekend plus friday night i had like the worst migraine of my life because perfect timing right uh so there was just a lot of things that i hadn't gotten caught up yet i'm pretty much mostly caught up but i'm watching raw last night i'm finally relaxing after a busy weekend i thought it was an enjoyable show and something just struck me last night with Rhea Ripley, who I thought was spectacular, whether it was her treatment of, of her poor little dirty dom-dom backstage, whether it was antagonizing the four women she's going to be facing at Crown Jewel inside the ring and, and starting this melee between all four women there, um, you know, her her conversations with Adam Pierce, or just stealing the, the, the pen and the Mrs. camera last night. She was everywhere on this show, SP3. And it makes me think to what her booking has been for the last several weeks. She has been all over the place, whether it's wheeling and dealing with Seth Rollins or with Drew McIntyre, or if she's cutting deals with Paul Heyman. It's, it's, it's amazing what WWE has done. We talked ad nauseum last week about how, and over the last several weeks, how she really hasn't had a big rival as far as being a women's world heavyweight champion. But somehow her status as a star in WWE has been elevated nonetheless. She has not had 
uh, a classic title defense matchup since she won that belt at WrestleMania. She has not had a huge rivalry. She hasn't even had a really a rival period. She has been mostly dominating her competition, squash level type matches when she defends it. And other than that, she's just mixing it up with the top, the tippy top, like men's stars in the company Cody Rhodes on down like Jay Uso the only person she hasn't inter interacted with yet is Roman and I feel like that's coming here soon now that he's back on TV and I'm sitting here and I'm going damn I think SP3 is or SP3 Triple H has chosen who he wants to be the face of WWE after the era of relevancy has come to an end after Roman Reigns is done with his reign of terror and I feel like it's Rhea Ripley. I feel like that's what he's setting up. That's who he's setting up to be the face of WWE. And she is really coming into her own as a character here, SP3. Like, she's always been great in the ring. Like, the in-ring quality has been spectacular, dating back to when she first faced Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania 36 in the Performance Center, right? Like, even before that, when she was in NXT and NXT UK. But ever since joining the Judgment Day, it has really allowed her to sink her teeth into a good story to sink her teeth into a good character. And you could just tell last night, especially with like all the sexual innuendo and everything they want to throw into this. She is loving every second of it. She has, um, you know, she's thriving in it and she is really hitting her stride. She's firing in all cylinders at this point. And now WWE, which we'll talk about here is starting to build up the rest of the women's division behind her, trying to get her caught up, but still her star has been elevated and I'm just looking at all the evidence and I'm going, yeah, it, it makes sense. Like, I feel like that's what triple H is setting her up for. Do you get the same vibe here? I mean, I've been got this vibe. I would, I would tell you right now that she is like top three in the whole company. Like it's, it's co it's Roman, it's Cody. And then it's Rhea Ripley. Like, and I think that what they what they were doing last night is setting her up to be the face of at least Monday Night Raw, because Cody is going is going to win the undisputed WWE Universal Championship one day. Um, <laughs> I, I can't tell you, I can't tell you if it's gonna be WrestleMania point, but one day he's not gonna be on Monday Night Raw, so you're gonna need someone else to fill that void. And I think they've come to realize what I've been talking about for weeks that it's not Seth Rollins. Um, so I think that they are, they are positioning Rhea Ripley in the right place. And now, you know, here we are now six, seven months into her title reign where, you know, I've been talking about, I feel like this title reign should feel like more, but she hasn't really feuded with anybody. I've been on that, but now I'm starting to feel like it's kind of by design because this, this title reign feels like, I think she's going to continue it after WrestleMania 40. I think it's going to go, she's going to have like more than a year as the oh, yeah. WWE Women's World Champion. So I think that's probably why they have, they've only had what, Zelina Vega and Natalia. Oh, yeah. These are like low card in WWE, how they book and present these people. These are like the low card of the women's division. And, you know, they're doing more stuff and featuring more women on the show. I cannot tell you how, how much of that is working. Because I tell you last night, the quietest the crowd was, was during the women's matches last night. And, you know, Becky Lynch was in there with Indy Artwell, didn't respond too much. The tag team matchup, 
didn't respond too much there. It really feels like the only people that are over on the Raw women's roster is Rhea Ripley, Becky Lynch, and Nia Jax. Yeah, they got they got they got a lot of work to do with the rest of the roster and they're doing more stuff to actually do that. But it's how much of that is going to be effective. Right. And I that, feel like that. And that's going to be that's going to be how we look at her overall title reign is by the time we get to WrestleMania, because like I said, we for, we've known for months she's versus Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a known fact. They keep teasing it. It's going to happen. but. After WrestleMania, who is she going to feud with? Yeah, I and that's what I love, too, because I don't think that Becky Lynch winning the NXT championship was just a, hey, let's give you something to do now. Like, right? Like, I felt like early on when they first gave her the belt, I was like, okay, this is a nice little thing that they can give her, let her fill some time before they're ready to get into the WrestleMania program. No, I think what they have tasked her with doing or – Maybe this is just the job she has given herself. This is the assignment that she has taken upon herself is, okay, Rhea Ripley is going to elevate herself. Let me elevate the rest of the women's division. And I feel like that is what Becky Lynch is trying to do. Getting Tegan Knox on TV. Unfortunately, she got hurt again. That woman's just got terrible luck, but hopefully she'll be back here soon. But getting Tegan Knox on TV, getting Indy Hartwell back on TV and getting her a rematch for the title that she never lost. And I thought Indy had a hell of a performance last night. It really did. I thought that worked out well. Getting, you know, they, they got freaking Zia Lee on TV doing something. At least she's doing something, right? Like all these different women that she, uh, uh, Lyra Valkyrie, she's going to be giving a title match to tonight. Or Valkyrie, excuse me. Uh, she's going to be giving a title match to tonight. Made Tiffany Stratton look like an absolute star. She looks like she's ready for the main roster whenever they decide they, they got a spot for her, right? Like this is what Becky's going to be doing over the next several months, she'll drop the NXT Women's Championship before WrestleMania, or maybe she won't, right? Maybe she won't. Who knows if they do title for title or, God forbid, a unification or something like that, some kind of a big matchup. But it's going to be the crowning moment for Rhea Ripley is when she beats Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. Like, that is going to be the passing of the torch moment. And hopefully by the time April rolls around, Becky with her star power and getting these women time and, and showcasing what they can do and hopefully continuing to have good matches. There will be a roster of people ready to go afterwards. Just mixing it up with Becky Lynch can go a long way, but at least they've set up Rhea with some opponents here. Now I know they're doing the fatal five way and I expect her to retain, but like they can still do one-offs and things like that, you know, to kind of, Get they, things back together. They, I, I think there's more work to be done because oh, yes, her. yes, in this fatal five way, only Rhea and Nia Jax are over, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, but Shayna Baszler is one of the better talkers that was in that ring last night, and then she didn't even have the opportunity to talk. And I don't think they're doing enough for her for her to stand out and to be a standout performer when we have seen that she is capable of doing that. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez, I'm still waiting for them to develop a personality outside of I have a back. <laughs> and a Zoe, nice smile. No. Zoe Stark is just their nondescript character now that she's not with Trish Stratus. And yeah, it's just like, and then you got, you got the, the tag team division, which is Chelsea has a personality. No one else does. And then we have, we have Nikki Cross who is telling some story, but I have no faith of them. To tell the story at this point because i've seen so many nikki cross stories where it go nowhere so i'm just like 
yeah, okay, that was interesting that she stowed off in space. But I have seen where it's like it's like Natalia in twenty in twenty tens. If you weren't watching Natalia in twenty tens, she literally had a storyline where she farted. Like this is what <laughs> we're at with Nikki Cross. She's had so many different stories that went absolutely nowhere that I'm just like I want to be invested in what whatever she was doing with her character. But I'm like I don't want to put myself through this again. Yeah, I feel like I feel like when Triple H, you know, when she went back to being Nikki Cross, when they finally decided, hey, the Nikki A.S.H. thing isn't working for numerous reasons, which we talked about over the course of the year. Right. Um, I do think that there were plans in the works to bring back Sandy. Like, I, I there, uh, that's not a report. I have no we know Eric Young signed back up with the company. I feel like that was the direction they were heading with her. And then Eric Young found out that Vince McMahon was back in creative and he's like, deuces i'm out i'm not i'm I'm not gonna be on tv you can you can forget that and there were talks i know there were talks about eric young possibly being members of the wyatt family and all sorts of stuff but them basically turning nikki cross back into sanity nikki you can't tell me that there weren't at least discussions to do that and i feel like right around the time that eric young said see you bye they didn't know what to do with her and she was tailing around candace LeRae. and then all of a sudden vince really starts getting back into you know, the, the creative juices back into the weeds. Like he said, he wasn't going to. And then you see people disappear from television, including Candice LeRae, Indy Hartwell and Nikki Cross. So I feel like that really kind of hindered her. I'm really looking like I'm trying to give the women's division as a whole, a fresh start dating back to three weeks ago when we started seeing 16 different women on Monday night raw. So I'm, I think it's a start. You're right. There's a lot of work that needs to be done, but I'll say this much the way they're going right now. I would put good money down that Rhea Ripley and Becky Lynch is your night one main event at WrestleMania. Yeah, if that that's what it, it feels like. If it doesn't feel like Seth has anybody that will necessitate him main eventing unless they sign CM Punk here, which is possible. So like yeah, yeah really it seems possible. like seems like Rhea Ripley and Becky Lynch would be your night one main event and then Roman and Cody night two. So speaking of CM Punk, House of Wrestling is reporting that he recently turned down an offer to appear on uh, Bound for Glory this past weekend for Impact in what is going to be one of the final shows of Impact as Total Nonstop Action Wrestling returns. TNA, the rebranding. TNA, 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 It is back. And, you know, so CM Punk was, was backstage recently with Impact and palling around. It's treated like a king backstage. I'm paraphrasing the reports here above CM Punk because wrestling purists were involved with this reporting as well. Basically, CM Punk was backstage. He's playing. Uh, he's playing Connect Four with uh, Jordan Grace and all these other things and palling around with everybody and having a good time. And they say CM Punk is treated well and Impact and Impact really, really, really wanted to get CM Punk under contract. They wanted him to appear on screen, and CM Punk turned down. Uh, a, a cash offer basically to appear on pay-per-view this past weekend said, nah, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm here to talk to people and hang out and everything. Man, SP3, this is CM Punk friend zoning. Like this is CM Punk saying, look, I love y'all. We're friends. You got a great personality, honey, but I just don't see you as girlfriend material. That is what I read into this is like, I will one day, maybe I'll get desperate enough and I will appear on TNA programming. But until then, I'm holding out for the girl of my dreams, which is WWE. I'm just waiting for her and this other guy to split up 
you know, I feel like the end is, is the end is coming between these two, and then it's my opportunity. I'm gonna swoop right in. I'm one injury away from getting that phone call from WWE, and I'm right back in, baby. So I can't commit to anything right now, but I still want to be friends. That's what I'm reading into this. Yeah. Yeah, it really feels like CM Punk is just waiting it out. He's going to wait for WWE to get desperate, wait for an injury to happen, wait for them to to call him. He's waiting by the phone every single night. He's like he's like he's like writing 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 uh Triple H. I wrote you, Paul. You still ain't calling. I left my soul and my pager at the, at the bottom. I wrote two letters back in autumn. You must not have got them. There must have been a problem at the WWE HQ or something. Um, so, yeah. Wrong headquarters. Can I get your right address? You know? Like... Sometimes sometimes I write, you know, my eyes too sloppy when I dot them. But anyway, fuck it. How's your daughters? <laughs> oh. Me and AJ talking about she going to be pregnant soon. I'm about to be a father. <laughs> Yo, like, like, CM Punk, uh, it's not right what you're doing to, to TNA because you're getting all these people's hosts up. You see the people online that are just very, very happy to see TNA back, and they have a bit of nostalgia, and TNA is close to their hearts. And, you know, you got people who, you know, like CM Punk, who will flirt and not commit. Then you got you got other people who are just, who just stringing TNA along. To help him in the bidding war, the real bidding war on 2024. But all right, I, I, I don't believe that either. It's just like it's just like DNA. Like you just better be hoping. Like maybe a year, year and a half, two years. If CM Punk is waiting by the phone that long, he might get desperate and realize that he probably needs maybe a six month contract or six month stint, a short stint with another company to prove that the stench is off of him and that he is capable of being under a wrestling promotion. But we're like, yeah, we're talking about 2026 at best, 2025, 2026. And we, and, and TNA literally has to hope for the number one promotion to keep riding their high at the same time. And everybody stays healthy. God forbid Cody Rhodes actually get hurt, but you're right. Like if CM Punk decides he needs a slump buster, basically, that's when he'll call up TNA and be like, all right, I'll appear on TV. Y'all only get like 10,000 viewers every week anyway. So it's not, you know, it's not like it's going to be really in public. Cause right now, right now he's like, we can hang out behind closed doors, but we ain't going on a date. Like we ain't going out in public. Like this ain't happening. Like this is, this is, def- this is like definitely like the football quarterback hanging out with the nerd in high school. Cause she's, she's writing his term papers for him. <laughs> like that's, that's pretty much it. But Hey, we ain't going to be seen in public. We ain't going to be seen in public. Where will we see Will Ospreay in public, SP3, in 2024? This is this is very, very interesting to me because it's been reported, and he's talked about it already. I believe he did the interview with SI, that he is heading for free agency in early 2024. No shit reporting here. WWE reportedly has heavy interest in Will Ospreay because why the hell would you not? Uh, he is, as we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, one of the top three performers in the world right now from from an in-ring standpoint and you listen to him talk to si look wwe is a very real possibility for for will osprey he has talked about how uh essentially again i'm paraphrasing here that this is feels like this might be the most important contract that he signs um as far from a monetary standpoint and it is going to be very very hard 
if WWE wants him, they can get him. They will offer the bag. Like, they will offer that man the bag. They may get rid of, of, of three other people on the roster to make up the difference to sign Will Ospreay. Honestly, at this point, they, if they want him, they can get him. They got the money. Mm-hmm. Um, what is interesting to me is I know Will Ospreay can go in the ring. And I know he would flourish in AEW. He already has, right? And you, every all the storylines that are going on with there, everything is built in for him to succeed in AEW if he wanted to be there full time. I'm curious, SP3, do you feel, though, Will Ospreay is the type of performer that can assimilate to the WWE machine, that can assimilate to the WWE culture? Because I know he can go. He can put on tremendous performances. But there is a worry for me, and you're more familiar with him than I am. You've you've watched his work more in depthly over the last few years. There's a worry for me that if he goes to WWE, he may end up in that ricochet role of hey yeah every once in a while he'll go out there and he'll put on a, a five-star classic banger uh you know this is awesome chance all that stuff but what's his story what's his character does he fit into that wwe culture you know of on-screen character work can he assimilate to that i i'm more confident he can with triple h in charge but if vince comes his way back in yeah i feel like he's just gonna end up where ricochet was no, not necessarily. I feel like he would assimilate to WWE in a similar fashion of AJ Styles. AJ Styles was never the the promo guy, never the character guy, but they built him off of this like world class, best in the world type of reputation when he came in, and then he got in the ring and he proved that he was that guy at the same time. And they just gradually put him in bigger and bigger feuds and bigger matches. He comes in and he feuds. He has a storyline with Chris Jericho. From Chris Jericho, he has a feud with Roman Reigns, solidifies Roman Reigns as a main event star. Then he starts feuding with John Cena, and that solidifies him as a main eventer in WWE. Then he feuds with Dean Ambrose and salvages the end of his WWE title reign. Like, like they were like, they kept bidding him in bigger, bigger feuds. So by the end of the year, we just felt like he was a part of the main event scene. We didn't, yeah. there wasn't, it was no, it was no big shock to see him in the ring, back in the ring with John Cena by the Royal Rumble or, or feuding with Shane McMahon and Dragon Shane McMahon to the best WrestleMania match that he didn't, that he's had with someone that didn't have his last name. Like, like, yeah, this is what AJ Styles did. And I think that Will Ospreay has the same capability, but I think he's even a better talker. He's a better talker right now. He can he can be a better character. I think he's better with the character work as well, and he holds himself at that main event caliber. And he can do. He's pretty much he can do everything that Ricochet can do in the ring, and he has he can be presented as AJ Styles. That's very because by the time AJ Styles came to WWE, he wasn't capable of all the things he was capable of say five years earlier. Sure. Right now, Will Ospreay, despite all the injuries that he's had and all the schedule that he's had, that's why I think that the schedule also is not going to be a big deal to him because he's had a ridiculous schedule going from Japan to the UK to the US and then, you know, wrestling for New Japan, AEW, now Impact Wrestling all across the independent scene in the UK, especially for Rev Pro. Like, I think that the, the schedule and how they present him, they have the prototype there with AJ Styles. He can be fine with that. All that I'm was saying, he ain't going to no WWE, y'all. Like <laughs> I'm saying that because he ain't going to no WWE. 
it's it's nice to have this as a topic. It's nice that Will is putting that out there. But I'm sorry, folks. Barry Bloom also represents Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, who also flirted with going to WWE and being open to WWE, had talks with WWE, sure. and also made their intentions know that they have a widespread of things that they are looking for. AJ Styles, when he was at this point in flirting with WWE, he was a family man, and he was just set on making the bag. I think Will Ospreay has more, he is focused on making the bag, and that's why he has Barry Bloom out there for. But he has other options that he can make the bag and also fulfill other goals that he wants to have. And I think that right now, man, Tony Khan is basically publicly fellatio in <laughs> Will Ospreay and sending him blank checks every time he flirts with WWE in an interview or TNA in an interview. Tony Tony Khan is ready to back up the Bing truck. He's like, he's like, when does the contract expire? Okay, then we have the Bing truck show up at 6.59 a.m. Because he he's he's gonna be a free agent at 7 a.m. So it shows up 6.59. He could come outside 7 a.m. Big Bing truck full of money. Tony Khan is going to go out there and he's going to, he has the option to say, Hey, you can have this bag and you can also go to Japan and you can also have time with your family. Sure. It's different. It's different. It is. Um, I would put the odds that he goes to a that he signs with AEW. Uh, I would, I would say they would be the favorites right now, but I'm not, I'm not ready to sit here and tell you, you know, on October 24th that Will Ospreay's not going to WWE. I think, you know, if they, if WWE, if they really want him, if they want him, if the if the interest is as heavy as the Wrestling Observer says it is, maybe they make him an offer that he literally cannot refuse from a monetary standpoint, and he does take the bag, right? Like we have seen bigger surprises in the wrestling industry, right? So I would I would say never say never. Uh, as much as I, it makes me roll my eyes in the back of my head to say never say never in in wrestling, never say oh, never. I'm not saying never. I'm saying I'm telling you what I think. I don't think Will Ospreay going to no WWE. I just don't. Well, I, I don't. I don't see. I don't see it right. I now. love the. I love the AJ Styles comparison. And and what I'll say on this before we move on is AJ Styles had to go through some stuff to get there because it's been well documented. Vince McMahon did not see him yeah. as a main event player. Did not have the grand visions for this man to ever even sniff a WWE championship, let alone win the damn thing, let alone beat John Cena for it, right? Like, that did not happen. It was AJ Styles showing up at the Royal Rumble, getting the pop that he did, and then the work that came after that. If Triple H and Nick Khan and all those guys, they bring Will Ospreay in, they will have a plan for him because they will sign him to a big money deal and he they will have a huge plan for him. So they'll have the machine, he'll have the machine behind him and give him everything he needs uh, to be able to succeed. Uh, one of the things we we loved about AEW over the last few years, SP3, has been the four pay-per-view model. At least me, for sure, because, you know, if you're going to do the pay-per-view model, I don't want to buy more than four uh, in a year. But they have now elevated that up to seven pay-per-views. And reportedly here, SP3, we got an eighth. That is going to be dropping an unnamed pay-per-view dropping between Christmas and New Year's this year. And final battle for Ring of Honor is actually going to be free for on, on Honor Club. So you have to be a Honor Club subscriber 
No extra. It's not going to be available on Bleacher Report, pay-per-view, nothing. They are giving it away for free, hopefully trying to get more people to subscribe uh, to Honor Club. Thoughts on uh, Tony Khan adding another pay-per-view here uh, by the end of uh, 2023? Well, we've been hearing the reports for months that uh, AEW was going to the 12 pay-per-view a month model. And I just said, as long as they can keep the build focus, as long as they can... At the end, of, at the end of the pay per view, we say it's another great AEW pay per view because they've set the bar so high for themselves. Then yes, continue on doing what you're doing. And the pay per views that they added most recently, Wrestle Dream, I think was arguably one of the best pay per views of the year in wrestling. So I don't mind them adding an eighth here. It'd be fun, and especially with you know rumors saying it's going to be in New York City. I don't mind you know going to a pay per view during you know holiday season, going to a nice little AEW pay per view. That might be nice, but I think it was very smart move with Final Battle. It's going to jack up uh, the uh, Honor Club subscription number there. So that's a very smart move, and it makes it get it incentivized for people to get Honor Club sure. now before Final Battle. So you you never know. They might say, oh, if you get it on final battle, it's a little bit extra. I don't, I don't know. But, you know, you can get it early and then you'll get some people who's watching the ROH TV in the bill to final battle, which they should become more focused on. And, uh, you know, we did. We do know probably that it's going to be uh, Eddie Kingston versus Jay Lethal for the Ring of Honor World Championship, probably on that show. Yeah, uh, if it does end up in New York. In all honesty, that that might actually entice me to drive my happy ass up to New York. Because, like, literally today, my boss was sitting here talking. Uh, my boss at the radio station was talking about how he's going to be in New York the next two days, and I'm sitting here telling him about my favorite pizza spot and how he needs to go check that out. And I'm just sitting here, I'm like, "Damn it, man! I want some New York pizza now?" So if they put that, if they put that some bitch in New York, I may drive up just to get a slice. And I ain't talking about no damn Sabaro either. No. Um, <laughs> now I could personally. Now, this may be blasphemous for USP3. I could go for New York style or I could go for deep dish. And I bring that up because we know that Survivor Series is going to be in Chicago. Now, that is a pay-per-view that I cannot get to because if I drive up to Chicago the day after Thanksgiving, I'm going to get divorced. So uh, I ain't, <laughs> ain't going to end up there. I'd like to reach 10 years of my happy marriage. But Survivor Series last year was War Games under Triple H. We all kind of assumed, especially with Vince McMahon, at least currently, out of the creative picture, War Games might be coming back. But SP3, we're getting conflicting reports. It certainly seems like they're setting up what could be a War Games match with everything going on between the Bloodline and Judgment Day and Team Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso and Sami Zayn and all those guys. But now Wrestling Observer says, nah, the match ain't happening. And I kind of have to lean towards, yeah, that seems to be making some sense because also they are definitely setting up Adam Pierce and Nick Aldis now to have this battle for brand supremacy type return there. Whether it's just like one soul five on five matchup, let's see who has the best because you had freaking Nick Aldis last night on Monday Night Raw, like talking to Adam Pierce's talent and definitely spying around and, and taking advantage of Adam Pierce's good faith last night, which I actually really do enjoy this dynamic that they have been putting together so far between these two guys. So if they wanted to set this up to where not the entire pay-per-view is a battle of brand supremacy, because I think that format has never seemed to work, but if you want to set up a traditional five on five raw versus SmackDown, and then everything else is storyline, 
I'm cool with that too, but I kind of would like to see what direction Triple H could go with. Could you take war games to a new, more violent level than what we saw last year with Vince McMahon out? Or is this sponsorship related? I would be kind of interested to see if they could take it to the next step here. But I don't know. What are your thoughts? What would you like to see in Survivor Series? I want to see war games. I think that, like, if you're done, if this is not all building the war games, then I feel like you wasted a lot of time. I mean, like, like it feels like you wasted a lot of freaking time because it feels like that's the only like logical place for this to all build with Cody and friends versus the Judgment Day. Like yeah. they have been feuding since pretty much June. Like you need to blow it off in a big way, and War Games was that. And I, you know, I had already configured the teams with Judgment Bloodline versus uh, Cody J. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Drew McIntyre, but it seems like they're not going to go there. I don't know. This is the first time I'm hearing of this. As far as the Adam Pierce and Nick Aldis, yeah, it's a good dynamic. It's a dynamic that will probably eventually get uh, Nick Aldis over in some fashion, but it just feels very rushed for brand supremacy. It just feels uh, Raw versus SmackDown. I'm like, I see all these people face each other like every freaking week. Y'all don't, y'all don't, y'all don't specify. Y'all don't put a, y'all don't yeah. really draw a line. And literally, you just been introduced two weeks ago. Like, what? Why would I care about people defending SmackDown when they're able to go to when they were been able to go to Raw for the past year and a half? Like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Maybe next year we could try this next year. But yeah, right, now, say, once, right now, it feels forced. Yeah, once everything is like officially solidified, solidified, but like, I don't mind, even if it's not, don't call it battle for brand supremacy. Just say it's team Pierce versus team Aldis. Like even if, if, they, if that's the direction that they want to go and they want to have that five on five traditional eliminator survivor series type matchup, I would be fine with that as well. Right? Like, let's see who the better GM is. Let's see who the better, um, uh, uh, uh scout of talent is, you know, whatever you want to call it. I just put battle of brand supremacy because you know, that's, that's what, the WWE machine called it. But if you want to do Adam Pierce versus Nick Aldis, those two teams, I'm fine with it. But yeah, I want to see war games <laughs> like last year's war games, especially con uh, going compared to uh, up against like blood and guts was very, very muted. I'm curious to know if that's, yeah. if that's sponsorship, if that's WWE. No, that's, PG WWE. that's WWE, sir. That's WWE. Like, like, like the, the war games matches in NXT we're nothing compared to the blood and guts matches that we've seen. Like, yeah, they're, they're nothing Oscars compared to the, to the WCW war games, but the NXC, they were able to figure out like how to work around that and put athletic guys in to make it great matches. And I felt like last year, especially the uh, bloodline versus uh, brawling brutes and uh, Kevin Owens. I thought that was, that was a great match. I thought that great was, a, that was yeah. yeah, that was great. They made it a story, and it built up to Sami Zayn making his decision well. The woman's one, it was forgettable. But hey. The ending was great. I liked the full circle ending of, of, of Survivor Series last night. But getting there, yeah, it was it was okay. Uh, Ozzy saying, will, uh, will we get Mickey James showing up helping her husband Nick on SmackDown? I don't see it. Uh, I don't. I don't necessarily think that it. It's, I mean, it's she didn't lose on Sunday on uh Saturday. I'm just saying, it's it's a possibility. I'm just saying, I could see her coming back for the Royal Rumble. I I would. Yeah. Here's the other thing. I like 
part of me thinks like she's done with WWE based off of how they treated her during her last run. But also there might be part of me who's thinking maybe she wants to come back and get that Trish Stratus type run that she like Trish had over this past summer. And once again, with Triple H in charge, like I feel like he would be more apt to do that to show her the respect that she deserves as the Hall of Famer that she is. But again, you never know when Vince is going to be lurking uh, around the corner. So let her keep hardcore country. That's all I ask. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. Hardcore country. Let's talk a little bit more about that women's division, shall we? It's time to answer the five counts on the Believe Podcast Network. SmackDown's women's division got a nice little boost this past Friday with the return of Bianca Belair. EO Sky, with a little assistance, did retain her WWE Women's Championship against Charlotte Flair. And then Bianca Belair showed up to deliver a KOD. Seriously, Bailey may take the KOD better than anybody in, in the dang company. She sells out for that damn thing. But of all these WrestleMania matches that we've been talking about, and it's all it's going to be a topic of conversation. It's going to get bigger as we, you know, get closer to, to April coming up here, SB3. But we've talked about Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley. We've talked about Jade Cargill and, uh, and Charlotte Flair, if that's the direction they want to go in. What we haven't talked a whole lot about is would Bianca Belair's match be at, at WrestleMania? She's on a streak. She is on a, a pretty historic streak of three consecutive WrestleManias where she has competed in singles matches and three consecutive WrestleManias in which she has competed in championship matches and three consecutive WrestleManias where she has won. But right now, and let's just say, for argument's sake, that... Rhea is out of the picture, which is, I'll admit, I was wrong. I thought they were setting up Rhea and Bianca from Jump for not putting them on WrestleMania 39. I thought that was going to be the match of WrestleMania 40. I'll eat crow on that one. I was way wrong about that. Although that match would be much bigger this year than it was last year. I was right about that aspect. They just didn't build on it like I thought they would. So they're going to do Rhea versus Becky. If Charlotte is the opponent for Jade, and I'm not saying it is, but they definitely have teased it. So if Charlotte is the opponent for Jade, is is Bianca kind of in danger here, possibly, of having her WrestleMania streak snap this year? At least of, like, she'll be on the card. She'll be doing something. But one-on-one championship matches, is she the opponent for EO Sky? Does she take the title off of EO Sky at some point? Is she the champion going in? Who's her opponent? What are we thinking here, SP3? Unless they're saving, like, Bianca going back after the WWE Women's Championship until WrestleMania, it seems pretty obvious that they're building to Charlotte versus Bianca because they have been floating around each other for pretty much this entire, ever since Charlotte's come back. They have floated around each other, been in triple threats, been tag team partners, but they have like stayed away from putting them in a one-on-one matchup. And I think the whole reason that they're doing that is that they are going to have, that's going to be your WrestleMania match. So I think that, I think that Jade, I think they're going to figure out, for better or worse, that Jade's best position, if you want to get her on the card, is her being the NXT Women's Champion defending the title on WrestleMania. I think that if you you try to shoehorn her in to the Charlotte, yes, you're going to probably negate whatever Bianca Belair is going to do on the WrestleMania card. I think think Bianca and Charlotte, Rhea and and Becky are your top two women's matches at WrestleMania. Yeah, we had somebody in the chat ask why why Jade wasn't on Raw uh, last night. Jade was on NXT last week. Uh, 
and she was time. doing that, and she was doing that to the NXT Women's Champion. That to me, we didn't. Did we see her on Smack? I didn't see her on SmackDown either. Was nope. she on SmackDown? No. So the last time we saw her was on NXT. They did not show her on SmackDown. They did not show her on Raw. So maybe potentially here, potentially Jade is going to be on NXT. And then the entire dream scenario that you and I, you know, carved out together where she beats Becky for the NXT Women's Championship. Then maybe it's it's Becky and Jade as the final two in the Royal Rumble. Becky eliminates Jade to get over on her. Win the Royal Rumble. She goes on to face Rhea Ripley and then Jade can face whomever it's going to be. There's going to be a lot of options, though. I feel like we could easily have four women's matches at WrestleMania next year between Becky and Rhea, between Bianca and Charlotte, which I think is the direction they need to go. But I don't think Bianca and Charlotte needs to be for a title. You could do something with damage control, EO, Kyrie Sane. I have five. With the I was, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to tell you, I have seven matches I would like to lock in now that I'm telling people you could probably put good money on for WrestleMania 40. And then I have in total five women's matches jotted down. But I'm, I'm not too sure about the, the other three. Okay. But the, the seven matches I have you locked in for for WrestleMania 40, Roman versus Cody, Rhea versus Becky, Bianca versus Charlotte, Jimmy versus Jay, Logan Paul versus LA Knight for the U.S. Championship, Judgment Day versus DIY for the tag team titles, and Seth versus Gunther for the World Heavyweight Championship. Okay. I would be down with that. Ricochet getting involved with Logan Paul, though, makes me feel like we're getting that match again. Maybe, uh, and Ricochet would rumble. Yeah, but you go Ricochet over this time, right? Like, you have Ricochet get his win back and, you know, have Samantha announce his name as the proud, you know, the proud fiance, future Mrs. Ricochet, give her that opportunity to scream his name in public. Uh, You know, like, that. that's, (laughs) you got to do that, don't you? Um, I think Ricochet's here to take jobs. Uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry to let y'all know. I think Ricochet's here to take jobs. He will have big matches, but at the end, he will take the job. Uh, Chris saying, I don't want Becky to win the Rumble. She already won it. If it isn't Becky, who wins the Rumble? Then is is my question at this point because it would have to be, let's just say, Bianca and and Charlotte's not for the title, which I don't think it needs to be. Um, you have Kyrie Sane win the Royal Rumble to set up a match against maybe EO Sky uh, for the WWE I, Women's I Championship. EO is going to be the champion by WrestleMania. She might not. Be, maybe it's Bailey. I, think, I, I think, don't know. I think Bianca is going to probably take back this title, and then it's Bianca and Bianca and Charlotte that way. And then probably Damage Control competing for the tag team titles or something like that. I don't know. No, the match I have down the fifth one is EO Sky versus Bailey with Dakota Kai as a special guest referee. Mm. Yeah. I think she, I think Dakota will be healthy enough to be special guest referee and to choose between the one of them at WrestleMania. See that slick little move she had on SmackDown, by the way, where EO chucked her, her coat behind the ring and Dakota's just walking and she just snatches it out of midair. That was slick. That was absolutely slick. There's a lot of I, options they have here, but I do believe Be- Bianca is going to be heavily involved. Uh, in WrestleMania this year for if she gets four straight singles matches and four straight championship matches and she wins them all, by the way, she's a, they got a chance to create an undertaker level streak here. They already screwed that up by having Rhea lose. 
They got Bianca intact here, so they could do that with somebody here. Somebody, anyway. Um, over the last three weeks, SP3, I talked about it earlier. It's been kind of a reboot for the Raw Women's Division with 14, 15, 16 women stars now on TV every week. Many of them we had not seen in months, right? Still too early to tell storylines and whether things are working, but it's a nice start to at least get all of them involved. Um, is there one in particular that you feel like has the potential to really be a breakout star if the if they just are allowed to be themselves and get on TV on a regular basis? Somebody on the Raw Women's roster that has not been on TV as a regular that could really break out if given the opportunity to. Candice LeRae. Yep. I think Candice LeRae yep. is the one that immediately comes to mind for me. And I like that they tease that she can potentially go for the NXT Women's Championship. But I've just felt like since like day one, it's not even, it's not even, it's like some people, if you've seen them before WWE, you like get a good amount of the same person you got before WWE and NXT. But I felt like even there, she was marginalized and they didn't get to her full potential. Yeah. So like, I, I think that they have wasted her entire call up to the main roster. And I like the fact that she's back on television, but she shouldn't be relegated to just this tag team with Indy Hartwell when she was considered not just one of the best female wrestlers in the world. She was considered one of the best wrestlers in the world before she signed with wwe when she was yeah. when she was with pwg she was having classic matches and classic moments with the young bucks with adam cole with, she was working with the top guys that are in aew wwe now and she barely can get on tv yeah it feels like she's been like relegated to player coach of indy hartwell basically like that she's the mom she's indy hartwell's mom like and i love the dynamic of the way don't get me wrong but like i really want to see like just Candace unleashed. And that's my choice. That was hands down my choice. If you just let Candace LeRae go out there and be Candace LeRae, she'll be over in no time. Like the biggest time I marked out, like honestly, within the last like seven months or so, or however long that match was, when it was Johnny Gargano and, and Grayson Waller, and Johnny invited her over the, the railing and said, here you go. And she ha hands her the kendo stick and she just, whips the shit out of Grayson Waller. I was like, fucking finally, Jesus, let this woman cook, right? Like, so that that's 100% my answer. They just let Candace be Candace. And she's got a match against Zia Lee on Monday, and I don't care what they're doing with Zia Lee. Candace better win this damn match on Monday. <laughs> nah, Zia Lee's gonna win and probably doesn't go longer than five minutes. Yeah, probably. Oh, my gosh. there There's a lot of, like, People over the last year, I'm going, what the hell are you doing with them? Like, why are the, why did you even bring them back? Yeah. And Candice LeRae has been at the top, the very tippy top of that list. Uh, again, we saw Rhea Ripley all over the place uh, last night on Monday Night Raw SP3. She's been all over the place getting involved in the World Heavyweight Championship picture. She is seen backstage talking with Drew. She had a really interesting conversation with Seth Rollins uh, this past Monday or just last night. And you got both now Seth and Drew and they're talking with each other about no, no judgment day. I'm not getting involved with them. You're not getting involved with them. Let's just see who the better man is at crown jewel. You got to be doing that for a reason, right? SP three. Or do you feel like the Damian priest cash in is imminent? here like Rhea is setting the table for her boy Damien to win the world heavyweight championship 
at Crown Jewel, no. I think that we're going to get, though, yes, we're going to get a cash-in attempt. And I think that the Judgment Day and Damian Priest will be the reason why Drew McIntyre does not become the World Heavyweight Champion. Seth Rollins will capitalize, he will get the win, and then we have a reason for Drew McIntyre to now target the Judgment Day. Yeah, there that, that was one of the things I was considering. The other thing that I was considering is do they go the full heel turn route where Seth finds a way somehow, some way to, to beat Drew McIntyre and then McIntyre goes full heel turn and decimates Seth Rollins, allowing a judgment day type cash in attempt. And then you could have something where the long, where JD McDonough just screws up, uh, right? Like he messes something no, up. No, no, no. I don't but, need, I don't need that to keep doing it and delay them actually making a damn decision on JD McDonough. They do need to make a decision. They do need to make a decision. But as long, here's my thing. As long as Damien is the tag team champion, I don't feel like they're going to have him at least successfully cash in. Are they going to give this man three title? He got enough shit. He's got to carry through freaking TSA every city he goes through. So that's why when they put the belts back on him, I'm like, oh, well, they ain't going to have him cash in anytime soon. But they are heavily implying that he's going to attempt. I feel like there's going to be an attempt. I'm not saying it's going to be even like a successful attempt like the the bell's never going to ring like he's still going to have the contract but i feel like they're going to be teasing this for for a while here but i do think there will be an attempt uh at uh at crown jewel we had not one not two but three returns sp3 on uh, aew collision john moxley malachi black and the mysterious devil man all returning saturday night which angle has your full damn attention sp3 Malachi Black giving the black mask to Brian Danielson because on the Brian Danielson uh, final countdown tour, there was many a matches. I was like, oh, I want to see that. And we've gotten a lot of them. Swerve Strickland already, Zack Sabre Jr. But Malachi Black, as soon as he hit that black mask, I was like, oh, yeah, I want to see that. I want to see Malachi Black. I want to see uh, I want to see the dragon versus black. Yeah, give me that. SP3 going full Kool-Aid, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, give me that. Give me more of that. Uh, I I did really, really enjoy the Moxley bumping Orange Cassidy because I feel like that is just a ready-made international championship matchup for full gear. And the Mysterious Devil, man, it wasn't much. He just showed up and showed his face. It's more to come as far as that story. So I think that Malachi Black is the one that garners my full full attention. I mean, I, I I can't disagree with everything you said, but I am such a sucker for a mystery. Like, I am such a sucker for a mystery. Like, I am currently watching House of Usher through a second time to go back and see what I missed throughout the entirety of it because I love a great mystery story. And the longer that this devil thing drags on, the more they're going to make me think that it's Adam Cole and the more anticipated I'm going to get for the Adam Cole reveal, like when he's fine, because he's obviously hurt, right? But I don't think he's hurt as nearly as badly as they are pretending that he is hurt. And he's going to be back sooner rather than later. And he's going to be unveiled as this mysterious devil man that is going to take this MJF Adam Cole storyline into the upper stratosphere. So that has got my full damn attention. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm cool with Malachi and Brian Danielson and John Moxley and Orange Cassidy. I'm fine with it. But mysterious devil man. Like that, that's just who I am as a person. Like you give me a good mystery story where I can start diving into it and getting all my damn theories in line and see how close I am. That has got my 
full damn attention. And I've been waiting for this man to show back up on TV. And finally, they give they just gave us a little taste. Just a little reminder. Oh, yeah, I'm still out here. I'm still out here. And I still got my sights set on Bullet Club Gold. We'll get to Bullet we'll, we'll One more question here, but I do want to bring this up. I would not hate this. I wanted to not forget this this chat, Stephen. I would not hate Bailey winning the Royal Rumble to face Bailey and Eo, set up Bailey and Eosky at, at WrestleMania. I would not hate that because Bailey has taken so many L's and putting so many women over. I'd love to see her get this accolade. I don't think it happens in a million years, but I would love to see Bailey get it. That's all I'm going to say. They they have to at least make her look like a credible wrestler again. Because <laughs> like I don't remember the last time Bailey beat every, anyone of any credibility. She can beat the Zelina Vegas and the Shotzi's of the world. Who would she beat of actual credibility? Clean? Yeah. Since she came back? What, oh, she beat Becky? Didn't she beat Becky? Or, Clean? Uh, I, I, yeah, I was like, I was like, uh, maybe she beat she... Becky, but I don't even remember that. I just remember who won the feud. It was it was Becky. So. It was Becky, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think she's beaten anybody of substance clean since she came back over a year ago. Yeah. So now winning the Royal Rumble, hey, anybody can win that. You can throw anybody can throw anybody over the top rope. That's all I'm saying. I, there, I but... always feel like you should at least you should at least have some credibility. Like I feel like the one of the best examples of someone winning the Royal Rumble and them doing the work beforehand was Drew McIntyre. They made Drew a, a tweener. He picked up big wins. He, his biggest win was a triple threat against AJ Styles and Randy Orton like two weeks before the Rumble. And then he goes into the Rumble, eliminates Brock, eliminates Roman, and wins. That's how you build someone for the Royal Rumble. Bailey would have to beat Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair in a triple threat to be the same equivalent of a well-built Royal Rumble winner. It just yeah. would feel, it would just feel like, oh, yeah, Bailey needs an accomplishment. I, I agree with what Triple H said at the press conference that she is the M, one of the unsung, you know, unsung heroes of the women's division, and she's an yeah. MVP, and she is selfless. She will put 10 girls over before she puts herself over on anything. I think sometimes that's to a detriment of herself. Yes, yes. And she needs to go on, because she is one of the, she's one of the damn goats. She she's needs one of the best. It. And she's, she's still in her prime. She can still go. Like, uh, Bailey, come on, girl. Girl, go win some shit. All right, go win some like, shit. Like, you're you're yeah, not like, in your lot. You're not in the back. The back nine of your career. You're not. Bailey, like we 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 love you for what you did during the pandemic. You were the MVP of the pandemic. But that longest reigning SmackDown Women's Championship was in front of no one. We need you to start winning in front of people, in front of actual people. It feels like ever since the people they came, WWE came back with fans, she has not really had a lot of credible wins. Juice Robinson could get the biggest win of his AEW career tomorrow on AEW Dynamite SP3. Number five here on the five count. Will Juice knock the ring loose from MJF on Wednesday night? Do I feel he will? No. Do I think he should? Yes. I feel like the whole story going in for MJF and Jay White going into full gear should be about MJF having nothing left but the world championship that he doesn't even have possession of. 
he should go in with absolutely nothing going into full gear, yeah. including the dynamite diamond ring. So by hook or crook, I think Juice Robinson should beat MJF. And now it's a little bit more palatable to do that because they've completely dropped that whole quarter angle. Yeah, I I think I think it's almost imperative that they they do take the ring away from MJF because I feel like you could have a really solid growth moment for MJF where there's a point in the match to where he would reach into his, you know, trunks to pull out the dynamite diamond ring and then all of a sudden he forgets oh shit, I don't have it anymore. I can't rely on that anymore. I have to come up with something else to beat Switchblade Jay White and retain the championship uh, and just get it back. And I love the visual of him walking out there. I don't have Adam Cole by my side. I don't even have my championship belt. There's no dynamite diamond ring. It's just me. It is me and it is you. And you have been this unstoppable, unbeatable force. I'm going to have to kill Switchblade Jay White to keep that man's shoulders down to the ground for three damn seconds. I honestly feel, folks, we are getting some bloodline judgment, judgment day booking on this because we're going to get that eight man tag before this. So I could see, like, during this main event at full gear, I could see. Bullet Club Gold coming down, then Acclaim coming down. I can see Roddy and the Kingdom coming down. It's going to be a lot of, it's going to be very entertaining, a lot of fun. But yeah, I, I can see, I, I see Steven in the chat saying that Acclaim or uh, the next strong crew could help uh, MJF on tomorrow night. I like that there is layers and there's options in yeah. this whole storyline. I think that it's one of the better feuds MJF has had during this title race. I would like to see Juice also win it just for the simple fact that MJF has won this thing how many years in a row now? Three? Four. This would be his fifth. Yeah, let's let's put it on somebody else. You know, like let, let, let's put it on somebody else, see what they can do with it. Uh, and Juice I, Robinson would be great for it. He would. He would. 100%. Cubisco, Cubisconia. I had to, to sell my Cubisconia. I don't, even, I don't even know how he mispronounced it the other night, but it was freaking, I can't even repeat it. It's like me trying to repeat my son mis mispronouncing a word. Like, I don't even know how he did it, but it was freaking hilarious. So, uh, hey, by the way, if you want it, reminder, folks, if you want to see in person Switchblade Jay White and MJF at the Kia Forum on Saturday, November 18th, get registered. It's the final week to do it. All you got to do is be a subscriber to Believe in Pro Wrestling and retweet my pinned tweet. That's it. Two things. You're in. We're giving away two tickets, two pairs of tickets, excuse me, the AEW full gear. Uh, so make sure you get registered now. SP3, what you got going on on True Heel Heat this week? Well, right now you can check out uh, my new interview with subculture Flash Morgan Webster, Mark Andrews, and Danny Luna. We talk about uh, Impact Wrestling slash TNA returning to the UK. Talk about their release from WWE, what they thought, what they, they reflected on the NXT UK run as well. So a very good interview. Go over and check it out right now and subscribe. Uh, thank you, everyone that has subscribed. Hitting 10,000 subscribers. Appreciate y'all and the love for that uh, i got two interviews that are going to be dropping here uh relatively soon one is going to be with the uh new n w a world heavyweight champion in ec3 it is going to be really hard for me not to call him sp3 like i know i'm going to fuck that up at some point and i'm going to call him sp3 i know i am uh but uh that's going to be happening and then i'm going to be chatting with uh shana baszler as well ahead of crown jewel so uh all of those uh interviews are going to be dropping here on the channel another reason to subscribe 
Our goal is 700 subscribers by the end of the month. We're inching there. We're, I, I feel like it's going to happen. It's going to happen when we need your help to get to help it happen. So spread the word. We appreciate the love and the support. Uh, thank you, guys. We will be back next week for our special Halloween edition. Halloween, All Hallows Eve of Believe in Pro Wrestling, round 215 or so. Uh, until then, enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy the weekend. Talk at you later, guys. This has been the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.